What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Planet Zoom. I'm your host, Joshua T. Berglund, and I could not be more excited to have you here today because we have the one and only, the legend, Mr. John Duffy here to talk about the film Rebelistic. Now, this is this film, the shooting of this film, which wasn't called Rebelistic at the time of shooting, um, was it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. If it wasn't for meeting John, I'm not so sure I would be getting to do what I'm doing today. Uh, John set the tone for me. He showed me that you can make movies and you can do things the right way. In fact, this whole Dirt Merchants tribe, this whole community has really just, I, I believe with all my heart that we are changing the way filmmaking and media is done, not just for us, not just for you, but also for our future generations. We're doing something really, really special here. And it's people like John that have helped make it special. So this interview is great. I want to just thank you so much for being here. Thank you for supporting the last four episodes. And look, this is this is going to be a treat. I, John is one of the most fascinating people I have ever met. He has got quite the story. This is not my first interview with him. But this is the first time we've actually talked about the film that we made together and just some of the ins and outs of the film. So this is a really special. You're going to love it. And also want to encourage you that if you have not signed up to become a member at DirtMerchantFilms.com, do so. We're doing some really exciting things that are exclusive for members only. Yes, there's free content. There's free resources on the website. But frankly, you just don't want to miss out on being a member and if you like what we're doing you may even like being a legacy member more so check that out dirtmerchantfilms.com thank you so much for being here thank you for telling a friend about what we're doing here god bless you and let's have some fun ladies and gentlemen it is an absolute pleasure for me to introduce to you mr john duffy ladies and gentlemen i am so honored to welcome Mr. John Duffy to Planet Zoom. Mr. Duffy, how you doing, my man? Fantastic, brother. Fantastic. Well, I am so happy. Uh, this is, I think, my I've I've interviewed you and we've had several different conversations. Uh, but this format is going to be a little bit different, but I am equally as excited every time I've interviewed you because I know that there's just something amazing going to come out of it. But this time we're talking about a very special project because this very special project is actually how you and I met. And uh, so all the nice things I have to say to you started during the filming of Rebelistic. So I am honored to have you here, but before we get into the conversation, can you tell me, Mr. Duffy, what are you grateful for today and why? Well, you know, I, I'm so grateful in my life and today as well for all the, you know, I, I would say that I'm one of the richest people on the planet because all the blessings of people and friends that I have in my life. And this weekend, just an example of it, I went to an event for veterans that I spoke at, at the Veterans Administration, and I made six more friends, uh, former uh, military people, sheriffs. And I just, every time I do something, I get blessed with this uh, abundance of, of friends in the world. So, I mean, I, I can't be more grateful for, than that than get up every day and go, boy, am I one lucky guy. 
I don't feel so special now. You just make friends with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, you you were one, and you're going to talk about it, but when we met on the film, it was a very special night, and we spent a lot of time, and that's what I met. mean, I get to meet amazing people like yourself, and I'm like, where do they come from? They just keep getting placed there for me. So I'm just, you're one of those very special people I'm honored and blessed to have in my life. Well, I listen, I have I wouldn't even be doing what I'm doing now uh, if it wasn't for meeting people like you, because like, let's face it. And we're not even into the question yet, but let's face it. Like the film industry can be scary. Media can be scary. It's not like this is not a these, these are not safe waters to navigate. And yet my first film experience was the most epic experiences of all. And then here seven years later after filming Revelistic, here we are having a conversation, not just about that movie, but all of these amazing things that are happening at Dirt Merchants Universe, but none of that happens. I don't come back and join the fold without meeting you and that impact and those conversations. Cause I'm saying to myself, I know other people in the film industry aren't like this. There must be something really special happening here with Dirt Merchants. And then of course, to be friends with you all of these years later, it just, it means the world to me, man. So I'm really excited to, to get into this. I'm excited to talk about, get into a little bit about your past in the film industry, and then of course, discussing Revelistic. So with that said, with all of your previous work in the film industry, how how has, how has film influenced your contribution to the Dirt Merchants universe, and more specifically, the film Revelistic? Well, you know, I met uh, Henry Morales at a uh, event, a, a city gala event downtown L.A., and he was talking about his book, The Dirt Merchants, which was a memoir based on his life. And it resonated because he comes from Jersey. I come from the South Bronx. And so we have a lot in common. And so kind of just kind of clicked. And, you know, he was talking about turning that book at the time into a movie, which I thought was pretty um, adventurous and courageous on his part. Sure. He had no damn experience in the industry. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, you know, and then we started talking and, you know, I was like, a lot of people talk, but not a lot of people take action. And right. he was somebody who was about taking action. So I just said, okay, well, what can I do to help? And so I got involved with him and I kind of came into production, manage him to kind of share some of my practical experience because he was just he was running on energy, passion and, and, and a story. But he didn't have the practical. How do I do this? How do I do that? So I was like, OK, I'll step into that. Then I stepped into AD and one day because I come to the set and he got no AD and he does. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to run the set. Let me let's just go. Let's make it happen. And then I ended up uh, doing, he says, can you act in it? And the next thing I was acting in a little part of it. So it was just, it was just going with the flow and supporting him because he had such great energy and passion. And then there was one night that you're there and we're hanging out uh, at a pool at somebody's house. And we're just behind the scenes, me and you getting to have a conversation that's much deeper than most conversations I get to have on a film. And we just go very deep into each other's lives and that was a, a pretty amazing experience as well. Yeah, it was. It's one that, again, is is stuck with me since that day. I've never forgotten it. And, and of course, it's made, you know, reemerging back with Dirt Merchants. And now as a universe, it, I, it wasn't even a, a film company when we <laughs> first got started. And then now it's just evolved into a whole universe, which is just mind-blowing to me. But as someone that's worked closely on Revelistic, 
Can you describe your understanding of the character development of Spencer Corrado? Well, you know, Spencer uh, is a, a, a teenage character. You know, he has two models in his life and he kind of, you know, a lot of it kind of echo with my life, too, because I think a lot of times I grew up in, in the ghetto. I dropped out of high school. You know, uh, a lot of times you have role models, potentially you have a, a role model that's kind of like taking you down a, a positive path, maybe to success. And then you have a role model that's taking you down a negative path to failure and to, um, you know, a less than productive life. And, you know, it's making that choice or following what's the path you go. And Spencer's that kind of character. He's pulled by both. And the streets are powerful pull. And, and your friends at that age as a teenage a teenager are very powerful. So his loyalty is to his friend and he's being pulled in that direction. But his friends are very negative influence. And then eventually in the story, um, Spencer gets a, a mentor who begins to give him the kind of knowledge and advice to go on the right path and to choose the right path and basically go on the hero's journey and go on a journey from, you know, overcoming adversity to becoming successful in life. So Spencer goes on that and that's what the story is in, in Rebelistic. So it's a very cool story about, you know, teenage life, especially in urban areas, especially in, in um, uh, disadvantaged areas. Uh, that's such a good answer. And it, and it really segues beautifully into my next question which is Rebelistic dives deeply into such themes such as loyalty, redemption, and personal sacrifice, which really is just an offshoot of having is covenant to me. Can you share how experience, your experience in film has equipped you to handle such heavy themes? Well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it all started even before film and my life equipped me because those themes of loyalty and redemption and taking a personal sacrifice were teams, uh, themes that I had to go through in my life. Because, like I said, I dropped out of high school. A lot of my friends were into heroin, uh, in crime, going to jail. And so, I, you know, finding those friends that you could be loyal to uh, and have your back and they have your back, uh, you have their back and they have your back is important. And then kind of even if you uh, make the wrong choices and you go down the wrong path, you can turn your life around and redeem your life and go down another path. It ain't over to it's over. So the themes in the movie kind of um, deal with that, that he goes on that different path and he tries to give his friend, he tries to stick with him and give him a path to redemption, but you got to choose redemption. It just doesn't happen magically. You don't, it's not given to you. You have to make that choice. You know, they can present it to you, but if you don't make the choice, you don't get it. And um, he made the right choice. His friend made the wrong choice. And then, you know, in Hollywood, it was the same thing. When I got to Hollywood, it was because of me sticking to my values, my ethics, my morals. Like you said, it's not a great place. Sometimes there's a lot of bad people. There's a lot of users. But if you stick to your values and you stick to being loyal and you stick to, you know, doing the right thing by others as well as by yourself, you find a way to attract the people like yourself that we've attracted in our lives because we don't go down the path with the ones who are trying to lead us in the wrong direction. We go down the path with the ones who are who are part of what we want to do and go in the right direction. You know, it's so interesting that you bring that up. I remember my first go around of living in L.A. That's when I ended up being homeless um, and losing everything. But I remember a guy named Army Artsy, I think is his name, uh, director. He's he used to work, make films for the Shah back in Iran and a really nice guy. He was one of the most amazing people that I met when I first got to L.A. 
And I met him right before I had met you. And he was a, he was driving Uber. And that's how we met. He kept looking at me and having this conversation. And he said to me, don't let anyone steal your light. And he said, mm. this town will do it. But those values that you have that you brought in, this yes, sir, no, ma'am stuff, you keep doing that. And you, you stay true to yourself. You will make it in this town. He goes, don't fall for the, the trap and the rat race. Like, ignore that. Just stay focused, stay doing the right thing, and you'll make it. Now, of course, at that time in my life, it was still battling addiction and, you know, really struggling. So it didn't impact me wicked where I could just make that life change then. But it's words that has stuck with me forever that if I just keep doing the right thing, I keep having a good attitude, I remain being honest, I'm going to get it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make my dreams come true there and so on. But it wasn't just impact in Hollywood that that now has impacted me on the course of my life as well, where it stayed with me because, you know, at this day and age, people are getting, you know, it seems like people are getting the money quick or they're seeing they're reaching success quick. You have these overnight successes that come out of nowhere and you're just thinking, my God, and, it, and it's tempting to cut corners. It's tempting to 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 cheat a little bit so, so you can try to keep up. But that lesson has stuck with me and it's made me just stay in, stay in my lane, try to do the right thing. And yes, I've made mistakes, but I'm still moving forward. So I want to ask you something, and this is not one of my planned questions, but did you have someone in your life like that when you got into this industry that helped you go, you know what, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm not going to take advantage of maybe my authority and my power in the industry and, 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 you know, create victims. I'm going to empower and I'm going to help people. And the reason I'm asking that is because in the same way that I can look at Henning and go, I wouldn't be here without him. I also know that I wouldn't be as drawn to Henning as I am and looking to him as the leader as I do if people like you weren't around. Because I believe that leadership, you know, will attract the, the, the other leaders in your, in your tribe or the people that are in your tribe and I'm looking around and I'm seeing people like you and I know how you treated me when I had no experience in the industry. Like I wouldn't be here without you. So who's your who's your Yoda in the industry? <laughs> who's the person that gave you maybe that 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 advice that stuck with you that changed your your maybe the direction that you would take a career in this industry? Well, you know, uh, and thank you for those kind words, man. Um, I don't know if it was somebody in the industry. It was some, I, I got lucky. You know, uh, they always say, be careful what you ask for. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times in life, like you're saying, you know, don't let somebody put out your light. A lot of times when we look at the industry or young people in particular look at the industry, they see these celebrities and they see them and they put them on a pedestal and they think they want to be like them. And, you know, that's what you kind of like uh, think, well, if I could have that kind of life. And when I first came to Hollywood, if I had come younger, I probably would have ended up in a bad place like a lot of people do because I would have been following those people. And But I came to Hollywood. I had already transformed myself. I went through Tony Robbins. He became a mentor to me. And he gave me a sense of uh, attitude, of values, mindset. So when I got into the film industry, I came with all those things intact. I knew who I was. I knew what I was about. 
and I knew what I wasn't and what I wasn't about. So I started to see behind the curtain that people that I thought were like amazing were really damaged, dysfunctional human beings in Hollywood. And I didn't want to be like them. So I wanted to stick to my values. And I was given a lot of chances to go down the wrong path. And every time I said no, and I needed money. I I was I had $100 to my pocket when I came to LA. I was struggling. I was, you know, um, but when I got something to go down the wrong path, it, just for the benefit of money, I would say no. And then I'd walk away from it and I'd be like, damn it, you know, this is going to be so <laughs> freaking hard. And then better things would appear. And so every time I said no, a better thing appeared with people that I wanted to work with and people that are now in my life forever. So it just kept, you know, it's like just sticking to your values, turning down the easy money, turning down the opportunities to be with bad people allows you to grow and be, at the end of the day, be grateful for who you are and what you contribute rather than look back and go, I screwed all this up, man. You know, so I got lucky. I got blessed. And I, I came at the right time. If I was a young kid coming in, damn it, I probably would have got screwed up like so many others. That's such a good answer, man. And so I, I brought this up before, but, you know, when we when we met each other, there was no Dirt Merchants films. There was a book that was being turned into what we thought was a short film then then turned out to be two films. And now we have 12 films. Right. So now we have a universe. So the Dirt Merchants universe is rather unique. It's a very unique film universe. How has working within this universe helped shape your career? Um. Well, you know, mostly I would say because, I, you know, I, I do a lot of stuff. I continue to work in the industry doing a lot of different right. film projects with a lot of great people. But I, I guess the best part of it is whenever I've been involved in anything with Dirt Merchants, it's the tribe of people. And because the people who have been attracted to it by Hennon and his team are people who are about inspiration. They're about motivation. They're about transformation and it's always great to hang with people like that because it just kind of recharges your battery, gives you energy. And then it's also been inspiring to me because as much as I've done, you know, I mean, they always, you know, uh, give me props about all the stuff that I've done, but I'm always impressed by what, like you said, he went from this little a book to a short film to now 12 <laughs> films in this universe and his energy and his nonstop passion to keep growing and keep impacting people, mentoring young kids. I've spoken at some of his events, mentoring young kids. All that is such a positive that um, it allows me to uh, support, you know, what I do. And now, you know, I'm going to probably step in and line produce uh, one of his bigger films that he's trying to do to Saintly. So mm -hmm. once again, to be part of the team, to support great people and to uh, inspire people in this world. Hey, it's all good, man. It's all good. That's so cool. And I this question, I and I, I I like this question I'm about to ask you from the standpoint of that I believe that there it, there's a lot here because your role as as somebody that was experienced in the industry showing up to the set and contributing, like it takes to me, I have a lot of respect for that because you know, a lot of times when you're trying to get a shot or get an opportunity, you get your foot in the door, they always ask, well, what kind of experience do you have? And when you, the answer is none, people walk away from you. And it and it's one of the most heartbreaking, like, well, how am I supposed to ever get a shot if no one, you won't even let me sweep the floor. How am I going to get a shot? So like I have this question to me, maybe the one that's most meaningful to me that I want you to answer. 
And that's, can you talk about any challenges you faced while contributing to Rebelistic and how you managed to overcome them? And keep in mind, the reason I'm asking this is because you're like Yoda showing up. You're the one with the experience. Everyone else is, they're just, they're nothing but heart. They got some talent, but they're nothing but heart and they have a will-do attitude. But that in itself can bring problems. So answer for me, if you don't mind. Sure. Well, you know, I don't know. Uh, it was I, I, when I first came to the set and when I first came to his thing, and you know, we're all used to doing things the way we used to do them. And we get right. into our, our, our own, you know, uh, box of how we do stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I came, I realized that this box didn't exist on this set. There wasn't, you know, all the structure that I'm used to all the stuff that I do on with a team and all the stuff that I do on a film. None of that was there. So basically it was kind of back to my roots, back to my first experience and just jumping in, being open to whatever that experience was going to be, because I had no clue what it was going to be, just being open to that and saying, what can I give? How can I contribute? So by asking those empowering questions, as opposed to looking at what's not here or what he's not doing right, or it could it should be this way, just not, not being judgmental about it, but just going, well, this is great. He's, you know, he's taking this on. And let me support this uh, uh, passion and this energy in whatever way I can. And I think that's the thing to to give to new people. It's like whenever you come across people who have a desire, it's see who, see them for who they are, that they have that desire and try to be somebody who mentors them, try to be somebody who gives them something that helps them lift themselves up to the next level. Because if you do that and you do it with not trying to get anything back, because no, that's not why you're doing it. You're doing it because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you help somebody? Come on. I mean, you know, it's it's just the right thing to do. And somehow it all works itself out in, in, in life and, and you get rewarded for doing it in ways you don't even know. So, you know, I just I didn't know that. I, I just thought it was going to be a one off. I was going to help them and never see them again. And, you know, life would go on. But now, seven years later, look at all this and look at doing <laughs> each other's lives. We're still doing stuff together. And that's what happens when you say yes to life. That's right. Just Oh, that's such a good answer. Um, so I, I was talking about, you know, you actually brought this up, talking about working on other sets, and then you come over and you work with the Dirt Merchants Universe team. So in your experience working with this tribe, how has the collective experience of the, the experiences working with Dirt Merchants Universe within the tribe and on set, how has those experiences impacted your approach to storytelling? Because you're also an established podco- podcast host. You're also a very, very established writer. So you, you're you a storyteller in yourself and you've got stories. I think that's something that you've made famous. Saying, I've got stories. And you've <laughs> got great stories. But working within this tribe, which is definitely unique, not all sets are like set a dirt merchant set so how has this experience Amen. impacted your storytelling well you know it, it it's once again it's learning from other people and and you know learning how they're doing it different maybe than i'm doing it and then what can i learn from that because you know one of the things i always uh uh ex- want to be and am is a lifelong learner so i always feel like i'm always going to be learning from others i don't feel like i know everything I feel like quite frankly i know only a little bit compared to what I can learn. So, you know, watching uh, Dirt Merchants and developing those things, one thing that I was not as um, 
uh, into as much was music. So the use of music in the film is so damn powerful and, and the music is just so great. So that's one thing I learned from it. And then the other side of storytelling, watching um, him take the book and create these stories out of life. I, it, you know, even it's inspired me on a level because I have two memoirs that I wrote and I want, you know, I'm going to get those published this year. And um, out of that, now I'm thinking about, okay, how do I transform those into movies, which I didn't really think about it that way before. It was kind of like that was maybe somewhere in the back burner of my mind, but observing what has been done with dirt merchants, it just gives me another um, idea of what is possible and how to tell stories and how to do them uniquely because there's a need for that. There's the need for transformational stories, inspiring stories, entertaining stories. And I think we can all, if we've been given the gift of these stories in our lives, then it's our um, responsibility to take that gift and give it back. So that's kind of what I feel like I've been given to do more of. I feel like I'm not doing enough of, quite frankly, but you know, that's my, uh, my the, the need to do more even. That's I, I, such a cool answer, man. Uh, this is the last question I have for you, and I'm curious to know, what are your thoughts on the film's message of personal sacrifice for a friend's sake? In other words, how has your view on this theme evolved during your time working on Rebelistic? Well, you know, once again, the film echoed so many themes in my life, and I, I need to share a story because, you know, it echoed a story. His relationship uh, with Spencer uh, is that important relationship. I've had that relationship. I've had, you know, friends who um, I grew up with who went down the wrong path and got involved in heroin. And basically, uh, while well, I went to a different path, but we stayed in each other's lives and we were friends. And when I came back to New York, I offered two of them who were friends who grew up with me to live with me in my apartment in the Bronx because they needed a place to stay. But they were still into their behavior. They were still snorting coke, doing their thing. And I was kind of in the middle. I was doing a little bit of the bad, but I was going to school and I was trying to do the right. And I kept trying to help them. I kept trying to help them. And I was writing in my journal and one of my friends uh, opened my journal up one night and read about you know the struggle I was in trying to help them out and, and how it was hurting me. Mm -hmm. And when I came home that night, he said, hey, I read your, your journal. We're going to move out tonight. You got to go on with your 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 journey. You got to succeed and we got to get out of your life and stop holding you back. And that just blew my freaking mind. Wow. That this guy, he realized that they were being negative and I was doing everything to help them. And he didn't want to be someone who dragged me down with them. And he took and they both moved out the next day so I could not hang out with them and do drugs anymore. And I could focus on what I needed to do, going to school and succeed. So we stayed friends. Uh, from that point on, but they that blew my mind. And so that's what I mean, that relationship with, I had, I experienced that in my own life on a deep level. And so that relationship, you, somebody that's your best friend, you're, you, you're there for them, man, but sometimes it'll hurt you and it's it, you're struggling through it because you don't want to give up on them. You don't want to give up on them. Um, but that, that moment touched my life for a lifetime. Okay. So I don't know if this is just an assumption or my own experience, but I got to, I, I got to, I don't know if you can relate to this or not, but if I think about it, the people that have been most loyal in my life were criminals. I don't know why, or they were former criminals or still technically are criminals, but they're good hearted criminals. I don't know. But 
I, I think about my relationships with people from the church and people from other work or other things that I've done. And I, over the course of my life, the people that have always been loyal to me without a question were criminals. Hmm. Do you, why, why is that? Like I'm hearing you talk and I'm going, yeah, I can relate to this. I had criminals, prostitutes, other people that were looking out for me going, Hey, should probably get help you're going a little far with all of this stuff like is that can you i i know you have a lot of friends so you may not have the same experience but what is the deal with loyalty and from criminals what, what's well, the deal well, you know i i think humans are a very mixed bag right you know i always say there's good bad and ugly in the world and there's good bad and ugly in every class. So there's good, bad, and ugly rich people, good, bad, and ugly middle-class people, and good, bad, and ugly poor people. And, yeah. and, and you know, and when you say poor, some people are even lower than poor being involved in crime or, or drugs or stuff like that. But they're still good, bad, and ugly. And some of them are totally ugly and you don't want to have nothing to do with them. Some of them are bad and they're freaking... Nuts. But even in, even in people who are addicted or living on the street or doing bad things, there's good people. There really is. And those are the people who can redeem themselves, who can turn their lives around. They got they got such a good side, but they have all the negative. They've been pulled to the dark side instead of the light. And like you said, don't let the light die. But some of them can turn it around and they have that in them. And it comes out at times like what you're saying is when they want to they they want to see you succeed. And that's the good in them. That's the light yeah. in them going, you know, you do it. I, I I maybe I can't, but you can. Please do it. You know, and, and they're cheering for you. They're on your 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 light team as opposed to your dark team. And you know, you're blessed to have that because people, you know, that's there's good in everybody. And, and we find it. And if we can help people to turn their lives around, that's what we do. Mm, so good. John, please. Do me like do this the audience a service and plug your website, your social media, your podcast, your books, your movies. The floor is yours, sir. Close us out. Well, well thank you for for that, and I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm doing a lot. I'm going to be stepping up a lot because uh, I have some people who are who are pushing me and they're telling me I, I don't work hard enough. But uh, 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 my Live Courageously podcast is every week. Uh, I'm blessed with the people that I know who are on it, and I keep making new friends. And I'm like, okay, God, I got to live another hundred years just to interview all <laughs> the people. So keep it up, man. I'm going. So every Sunday, two p.m. You can see it on YouTube, my channel. Uh, um, Live Courageously. Uh, it's also on Facebook Live and it's also on uh, LinkedIn every Sunday at 2 p.m. So join that. Please subscribe because I want to reach more people with it and hopefully impact people more. That's the main thing. My books, when they come out, I'll be promoting them. My memoir, the first one I'm going to do coming out this year will be called Black Irish, Not Your Average White Boy. So that, <laughs> hey, what can I say? That's true. <laughs> um, so uh, I I, I, that's a memoir of my life from the Bronx to Hollywood, from the South Bronx to Hollywood. So that's that, that I'll be sharing that. And then, um, you know, I'm doing films. I'll be promoting films and doing all that. But come to my Facebook page. Come, I'm on Instagram. I'm on, you know, obviously YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube and, and stay in touch with me. And, you know, on Dirt Merchants Universe. I'll be on Dirt Merchants Universe. I'll be helping on The Saintly, the film that uh, Hennon's going to be doing, which is a, a big step up. And then hopefully some of my material will end up on the Dirt Merchants Universe as well. So that way you can uh, check it out and um, support that as well as supporting Dirt Merchants Universe. 
Yeah, we're doing uh, – well, you're kind of announcing something ahead of time, but that's cool. Yeah, we are yeah. doing – the universe is doing some really awesome, awesome things. I I feel like a kid at Disneyland, like adult Disneyland, because, I mean, this is like all the things I love and I'm passionate about, we, we're getting to do here. So it's exciting. So everyone that's watching right now, obviously you're watching on the website, but take the time to check it out because – we're doing some fun things. And yes, Mr. John Duffy's content will be appearing. <laughs> Exclu not exclusively because you're on YouTube, but his content will be at dirtmerchantsfilms.com. Thank you all for being here. John, do you have any final words? Uh, just a big shout out and thank you to Henny Morales, uh, 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 Lesta, Ash, you, Joshua, all, all the team that makes this possible, all, all the work that you guys are doing. Just a big shout out and thank you. Ah, thank you, sir. I look forward to seeing you again. All right. Have a great day.